Hello and welcome to the Donfather, a family podcast about the Essendon football rabble. <laughs> Who have we got here tonight? Well, of course, it's me, your host, Nick, and a host of broken dreams and sadness do I have with It's Official, Our Season is Dead, and It's Round 2, Matthew. Well, you're speaking about it like it was ever alive. And maybe for perhaps a, a half a football it was. Uh, am I coming through? You are coming through loud and clear. Oh, beautiful. Uh, I've got no little dash on my screen here of noise. But uh, that's all right. Um, yeah, so you, you, you're talking like we were, we were ever alive. Uh, and I... Look, as hopeful as we were at the start of the year, that maybe we'll win a few games and won't be a complete rebel. Uh, I think this was a reality check that Nah, we suck. And we're going to suck for a while. But what do they say? If you if you don't deserve me at... If you don't want me at... If, if we don't want them when they're getting smashed by Port Adelaide by 10 goals at, at Amy Park, we don't deserve them when they're lifting a cup in... Uh, I want to say five years, but let's just... Well, we don't, we don't deserve them when they win our first final in 20-odd years. I cannot see us winning a final ever again. <laughs> Move us to Tassie. May as, well, may as well let us go to Tassie and not uh, not North. We are the most irrelevant football club ever to exist. Um, by the way, you know, Ben Run's been talking all preseason about blue-collar bombers. It's all about blue-collar bombers. We work hard. That's what we base our game on. Our game is hard work and hard work is our game. But do you know what? I finally captured, watching two games of Essendon football, what blue collar actually means. And it's very clear. When it gets too hot, tools down, walk off site. That's what happens. (laughs) It's the heat policy. When the heat is too much, the bombers disappear like all good blue collar workers. That's it. And even, well, we haven't seen any rain yet, but uh, we might see the same. Take a lunch break at halftime, very slow going after after lunch, and uh, away you go, and you're straight out of there at 3, 3.30 p.m., not a, not a minute later. Uh, yeah. Well, I reckon they just called a sickie. They did not even show up on the weekend. Yeah, look, I mean, I put myself in Port Adelaide's shoes, and they would have been going, great. This should have been, you know, an opportunity to, to run a bit of a training session, and, and I, I reckon they'd teed us up as, hey, um, especially with, you know, like I'm, I'm thinking about Ken Hinckley, especially over the last two years, about, how, you know, like we see coaches nowadays, and in front of press conferences, they're all very, you know, very uh, level-headed, and don't say anything out of line, and you know, don't show any emotion. But Ken Hinckley's gone the other way, and I, I reckon between the four walls, he's gone. You know, real old school, like, this is Orazio's new old side. He's one of us now. We've got to show him that, you know, he's better off on this side of the fence. And I reckon they, they would have seen this and gone, yeah, you beauty, lick their lips a little bit. And, um, yeah, they definitely didn't roll, roll into it. In fact, I reckon they put the cue in the rack by three-quarter time. But um, I reckon yeah. they put the cue in the match. rack at quarter time. Because yeah, and, and rightly so. Like we've seen on the most regular occasion... Except for except for one season that I remember, which was a James Hurd season, we consistently, and this is consistent from when Sheedy was coaching, we would turn up interstate, 
And I, I think I wrote this in our little chat group that we get blown out of the water in the first 10 minutes where five, six, seven goals down and then we match them for the rest of the game. But there's no point because the damage is already done right after the first siren's gone. And that's exactly what happened on the weekend. Five goals without even, not even half the quarter had gone before they were up five goals to nothing. Yeah, and, and well, I mean, it was 20 seconds before they, they kicked one. I remember I was on the way back from uh, my own game of football and me and my brother were listening to it in the car. And uh, I think we turned, turned, the, turned it on about 10 minutes prior. We'd just finished whatever. And uh, we couldn't believe it. How like you know, it was siren. All right, you know, commentators. Here we go. Blah blah blah. And it was a matter of uh, a few words, and then Port Adelaide goal. So now you're right. It's it's pretty traditional Essendon to to not show up in a first quarter interstate. And, uh, surprise, surprise. We did the exact same things we normally did, and you know, some things just never change, do they? And I um, as you do. In a in Essendon Facebook groups, I had a nice little argument with a couple of nuffies. Does that make <laughs> me a nuffy for arguing with nuffies? Absolutely, um, but uh, it, it takes one to know one. And I've actually got a, a funny story that I read on a nuff, uh, one of the Essendon uh, Facebook uh, group. Oh, posts, but... story time with Matthew. Haven't had this for a little while. I'll get it going. Oh well, I, I mean, I thought maybe it'd be good for later in the show. But apparently, in was either nineteen eighty one or nineteen ninety one. Uh, might be 91. Oh, I can't remember. But apparently we're out at Footscray. Uh, we got smoked. And at halftime, Sheedy's walked out. Uh, he uh, tracksuit, tracksuit boots uh, in what you know Sheedy always did. Walked out there. And probably some fan has... Or maybe it was after the game. Could have been after the game. But uh, this fan has absolutely torn him a new one. Just, just rolled him right up. Given him every... Uh, curse word under the sun, every profanity you could think of. And then uh, we've gone on and won the next 11 in that season. So maybe, you know, we're seeing a lot of uh, Essendon fans cursing and using profanities and tearing up their memberships and that sort of thing. Perhaps this is the this is the turning point. History repeats itself. How many turning points do we have to have over the last 15 years before this club actually turns. Do you know what this club is? This is the evergreen stuck in the Suez Canal. <laughs> I was about this, to say, it's, more, it's a circle. It's a turning point in a circle. Just this, keeps going round and round. Just keeps going, 360. Yeah. But in all seriousness, I was talking to this Nuff Nuff on, uh, on whatever AFL Essendon page I was on. And they were saying, look, we're rebuilding, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, so tell me, in the time since we've been relevant... Right, and I don't actually count 2004 as relevance because we won one final, and we did that in 2003, and we did that in 2002. So we weren't really relevant until going deep into September, which is last time we did that was 2001. So we haven't been relevant for legitimately 20 years. In that time, St Kilda have rebuilt twice, Fremantle have gone to a grand final and now are rebuilding. And last year were behind us and are now gone ahead of us. It literally every, you can name any team, literally every team has rebuilt at least once, if not twice in that time, apart from Carlton. And even Carlton have won a final in the year that we got kicked out of the finals. So, and, and of course, Gold Coast who haven't been around that long. Everyone else has either made a grand final, won a premiership, or made the last four, including North Melbourne. 
And we have been irrelevant for that entire period of time. Mm. It's concerning. It does make you think what sort of deeper issues uh, there are at the club. But are we? I can't help to think. Are we being too harsh? Uh, you look no. at the inexperience on that. On that, you know, Nick Cox in his second game, Harrison Jones in his second game. Caldwell hasn't even played twenty yet. Um, Caldwell's not going to get to fifty because, and we'll get into this later in the show. But he comes to the club with a history of hamstring injuries, makes it through one and a th- and three quarter games before he does his hamstring again. So yeah. how can you say this is a professional outfit when someone who has clearly had a history of injuries that they know about before they trade him? And I don't think that we shouldn't have traded for him, but it's the same problem that we have with Justin Crow that we cannot keep our players fit. But anyway, I digress. Caldwell, oh, his the... 11th game. I mean, yeah, I look. Uh, is that, who else was coming off soft tissue? Soft tissue? No. Uh, James Stewart did a soft tissue just before the season started. Zaka did a soft tissue last year and it still hasn't returned. Maybe it's turned into a PC. It was a, di- a different injury, yeah. Jake Stringer, an Achilles ish- yeah. injury, soft tissue yeah, right. injury. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it, it is The list concerning. goes on and on. What, what's Guelphie's injury? They haven't even said what Guelphie's injury is. What's Phillips' injury? They haven't said what that is. Probably soft tissue. Yeah, I Ambrose mean... Ambrose has been recovering from Liz Frank for over a year. That that's notoriously one difficult to to return from though, is is it not? It's they're all notoriously difficult to return from when you're in an Essendon jumper, mate. <laughs> Other clubs don't seem to have this trouble. Yeah, oh, look, I can't I can't say I'm keeping uh, too much uh, tab too many tabs on other teams' injury lists apart from you know like obviously Buddy Franklin was out of the game for a year, um, but uh, yeah, uh, well, how do you solve that? Uh, where where do you, uh, crows out? You thought it was crow? Is it Murphy? Well, is it? It could be. It? It could, well, the the consistency has to be the medical staff, right? Like because because Murphy's in, and and this is the thing that I don't know about the operation of football clubs. Is Murphy responsible for rehab, or is the medical staff re- responsible for rehab? Because Murphy's certainly responsible for getting them fit. And do they look like they're fit, or do they look like they went to sleep in the third quarter of the first game? And then couldn't run out the last quarter, and then actually didn't look quick enough, strong enough, or even competitive enough at all in the Port Adelaide game. So, I, if we're talking about fitness, I'm not happy with Murphy. And if he's responsible for rehab, he's no so far he's no better than Justin Crow. That's Ooh. for certain. Well, it, oh yeah, hey. he- Heppel does a back injury, soft tissue back injury. Oh, soft tissue was it? Yeah, I assumed it was uh, okay, but. I mean, look, it's that's hard what to spasm is right. Like, yeah, you're right. Okay, it's either a disc injury or it's soft tissue. Yeah, I thought it might have been uh, something a little bit more worrying, but um, I, I don't think you can. You know, I mean, how can you say that uh, Parish McGrath, Caldwell, you know, weren't up to the same level of, uh, you know, say Wines, whoever else they've got running through there, who were battle hardened, played a couple of hundred games, and um, you know, rolling pretty well. In, in terms of, you know, a number of pre-seasons under the belt, okay, you know, Rosie Butters, Dersma are about the same level, but but some of those other, uh, you know, Tommy Rockliffe was in there. Um, so, you know, some of the guys have done eight to ten pre-seasons now. Yeah, and, and I agree that's that comes to a certain extent. McGrath's played 80 games now, so it's not like he is a still, new player. Yeah, but still only, what, fourth or, or fifth, fifth, year, fifth season, so only... 
five preseason you, compared to a guy who's done eight or nine professional preseasons. And yeah, but then look at look at Port Adelaide. All right, so we couldn't get Arazi on the park for two years. He goes and does one preseason in Port Adelaide, and he is absolutely flying. Look at Joe Danaher at Brisbane. Okay, you can say some of the work happened at Essendon, but he gets through the first preseason he's done in three or four years. Absolutely flying. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Um, it's, yeah, it's concerning. Uh, but I do wish I. I mean, I had. I wish I had more to just because I, I don't know how. What do you? What do you do to change that? Well, I I think it's it's pretty endemic, and I think I think maybe the issue is Xavier Campbell or further up the chain, right? Because we've made change at the football club consistently, but it, to me, it doesn't seem like the culture's changed. It doesn't seem like the effort has changed. It doesn't seem like anything's changed, really. And Matthew Lloyd was talking about this last year, that it doesn't matter who you bring in in terms of players. If the fundamentals culture, the fundamental um, fabric of the club doesn't change, then they're just going to leave in a couple of years, which is exactly right. Or you're going to get subpar performances out of them, which has been true of all the recruits that have come in so far. Shield was a better player at GWS. Devin Smith had one good season. Stringer, I would say, hasn't gotten better than he was at the Bulldogs, even though he's gained experience. Um, mm. Adam Saad didn't want to even want to stay. He got through one contract, wanted to leave. So... It's it, there's a bigger problem at you know apparent than than what we're seeing. Yeah, I mean, it makes you think if it is deeper than than Xavier Campbell. Um, and you know, I think you know Brasher did his uh, supposedly club wide review. Um, but still, yeah, you're right. We what difference have we seen? Um, is it too early to say anything? I think yeah, I, I do tend to. Agree. It's it's not. It's been the fashion in which we've lost that's been mm. the most. Decided. Like you can say inexperience and this and that, but it just it hasn't looked like a, a a team that's you know well organized. That hey, we just didn't have the experience on day. We just got beaten by a better side. It, it looked like a team that just simply outclassed or just just out coached, just out systemized. We actually just got smacked. Like, yeah. you you can lose against a better team, and you can lose when you're developing. We spoke about this last week. You can lose against a better team, and you can lose well. You can you can yeah. match them for periods, and then you can have, you know, in the third quarter their fitness shows, and they kick three or four on the trot, and then the game's over, and you just never catch them again, right? But we, the and similar to the way that we lost against Hawthorne, we were just unprepared from the start of the game. We just did not even show up. And by the time we did, it was already too late. But if you, like, and, and people say, oh, you know, they never gave up or whatever. This was more nuffies on, on pages, right? They actually never showed up. And so what do you expect from, this is their job. I expect them to never give up because they're getting paid to play a game of football. So that's that's not, that's not a prerequisite. That is a prerequisite for them, sorry, is to play the whole game. What do you want them to do? Walk off the field. Like, they're actually getting played to play out, play out four quarters. So, that ne- they never gave up. Like, they can't not give up. They have to continue to the end of the game. 
Yeah, and I'm just uh, maybe even to retract on what I said earlier, and I'm looking at Port Adelaide's team now. Um, you know, it's not. You know, they've got sort of the only names that sort of stick out to me is like you know they're really going to outclass us is Ollie Wines, Robbie Gray, Travis Boak. Um, you know, someone like Dan Houston, he'd be the same age as McGrath or Parrish, Langford. Uh, I think Burden's around the same. Um, so actually, I don't, I don't think I, I think I'm actually giving Port Adelaide more credit in terms of their experience than, than what they actually are. I don't, well, he, did Rockcliffe even play? No, he didn't. He was the sub. Yeah, that's what I, I, was, I was yeah, I was thinking about that. Um, so if you if you remember two years ago, they did a list refresh, right? They brought in some young kids, traded out a couple of people, got some early picks, and 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 those players have made an impact straight away because they've actually got a culture and a structure yeah. that allows them to fit in. Whereas we don't know how to develop players. We've never been able to develop players, um, not since the Sheedy era. Like, tell me what what champion that Essendon has produced um, since Kevin Sheedy left. I mean, like, yeah. Like, it, league a... level, top five player. Uh, Watson, but... I Watson mean, was, he, he, he was start from Sheedy. Well, he started then. I think he played his best footy after that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, I mean, you could argue he probably played his best footy under Hurd, who yep. was a product of Sheedy. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, no, and I think that's been well documented as well. From uh, I know Matthew Lloyd's. Oh, it was it Ross Lyon said it. Um, you know, I guess Danaher could have been league level in terms of top five. Um, he could have or, been, but or, or he's not least, be at Essendon. No, exactly right. Or at least you know, top sort of three in his position of, of tall forward. Um, but again, we yeah, you're right. We just culturally somewhere there's someone in a spot they probably shouldn't, but perhaps we don't move them on because of culture and or whatever it is that that deep rooted issue. And, um, and, and yeah, is, I, yeah, I think you've got a really valid point. And I, the thing is, right, we do culture change takes time, and I understand that. And and Ben Rutten needs to give be given the opportunity to try and change a terrible culture. I mean, it's been there for more than 20 years, right? So it, it's not going to happen in one preseason. I, I understand that. But I'm not seeing any signs that it's improved. And mm. the thing is, we had a season... And people saying it, you know, like Nicky Noodle says often, it's, it's Rutten's second game. What do you want from him? Well, wasn't the point of last year's transition that he could coach an entire season without the pressure of media, media speculation, et cetera, et cetera, so that now, coming into this season, he's not just coaching his first and second game. He's, in fact, coached 23 games and ready to then take the next step, right? Like, I, I, forget, forgive me if I'm incorrect and if my, my view is wrong, but that's what I thought the whole point of the transition was. Uh, look, I think the whole point of the transition was they were paying Wusher a million bucks. They didn't want to push him out the door. Um, and I think there was more of a media cover-up to say that, oh, Truck's running the show. Uh, look, I'm sure Truck had greater responsibilities, but in the, the day, if, if you're a head coach, like, there's no way he stuck around and didn't have his fingerprints or, or hands all over something. So I don't think... It's actually fair to say that Truck was running the show behind the scenes. I don't. I think he had added responsibilities, but I don't think he was able to actually 
do the things he wanted to do, uh, you know, as roughly. So Wusher was head coach and head boss. And um, rightly or wrongly, um, you know, that's how far you, you very difficult in an organization to, for the, let's call Ratten the 2IC, to take over and make the changes he wants while there is still a 1IC there. It just doesn't work like that. It just doesn't flow. There's going to be yeah. things that Wusher wouldn't want to let fly as head that perhaps Rutten disagreed with, you know, and it just doesn't work like that. So I think it's unfair to say he was in charge, but, yeah, look at <laughs> But then, so the, the, the problem's deeper, right? So then if, if Worsfold needed to be moved on and they were desperate to sign Rutten because Adelaide was sniffing around, right? So let's say they're, they're, they're the two things. So either, as the CEO, whoever makes these decisions, I'm assuming it's Xavier Campbell, then either he pulls the trigger and sacks Worsfold and takes the hit, right? And puts Rutten in because he believes he's going to be a better coach. So that's the right decision to make. Or Rutten is not better than Worsfold, so therefore you want to keep him for one year and you don't want to take the hit. You're going to be paying Worsfold a million bucks whether he's coaching or not because you're going to terminate his contract and pay him out. So again, not enough balls to make the decision that they thought was right. Yeah, yeah. Potentially, um, it can go either way. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And you know, I think Wusher as well, um, in terms of a respect thing, took us. You know, he, when he took over the club, uh, you know, took us in a very, we were a very, very dark spot. So uh, perhaps they felt they owed it to Wusher to let him see out his contract and and not uh, have to pack up things early. Um, yeah, and there, and there's talk of that he should have never been re-signed for the extra two years, right? He should have done three and then moved him on, right? So that's 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 a different story. But again, further back, another poor decision that's created this roll-on effect that gets us where we are now, right? But that's you know that's not this Port Adelaide game. We're talking about Essendon now and, yeah. and the change that we need to see around Rutten, right? Yeah, or well, from Rutten. But just um, on a side note, have we? I'm trying to think off the top of my head, and it should be a good one for that Facebook page, useless AFL stats. But have we had? Oh, it's not entirely useless actually. But have we had the most coach turnover in the AFL in the last fifteen or so years? I think from nights. Depends. Heard. Depends if you count. Um, if you count uh, caretaker coaches, I don't think so. Um, so we had heard. So we had Knights. Knights heard. Shitty Knights heard Thompson. Not including oh. caretakers? No, I wouldn't include caretakers. It's essentially yeah. heard. It was the same. Thompson, Worsfold, Rutten. So we've had seven since 2007 when Sheedy left. So, Knights, Heard, Thompson. We're going to count Bomber. Well, Bomber was, was coach for a year. Well, then it was back to Heard. I, I, yeah, yeah. okay. So, so if you don't, which, so you don't count Thompson? So it's six. I and seven. don't think so. In, since 2007. There you go. I think that's got to be, there's going to be a fair amount of turnover there in, in 15 years. Yeah, absolutely. Abs- yeah. And, and this is, I mean, this is an issue that, that I identified with Manchester United as well. When, when you have a coach that's there for so long, um, after they leave, the club can have a real hard time identifying their legacy or, or, or replacing them or moving on from that. Um, we've, 
Let's see what Melbourne Storm are like when Craig Bellamy leaves eventually, whenever that is. Could be another 10 or 20 years from now. Mm. But I've seen through Essendon, through Manchester United, that when you've had a, a coach that's had tenure like that, that the club struggles to recover sometimes. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. It's, um, well, that would be, it would make sense, right? Because in any other organisation, if you've had your, essentially, your, let's call it your CEO, uh, you know, turnover six times in the last 15 years, um, I, I dare say it's not the CEO that's the problem. There's, there's something else that's that's going on that they can't do their their, their job. Um, that that's possible, definitely. Or they're making the wrong choices. Like let well, that, let's that's, look at yeah. let's look at uh, the replacement for Sheedy. The two candidates that were available was Matthew Knights and Damien Hardwick. So. We went with Knights. What's he doing? He's assistant coach at Geelong now. Mm. What's Hardwick done? He's won three and probably should have won four premierships at Richmond. Who, yeah. Did we make the right choice? Clearly not. No, I mean, there's more that goes into it. Absolutely, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but the proof historically is we could have had Hardwick and we have Knights. Yeah. Well, I think in a perfect world, we still had Hurdy and, and we didn't have what we had to go through. Um, mm. But you know, there was mismanagement, there was misdirect, etc. That's another story. But that's that's um, a whole that's. But yeah, but yeah. really, in reality, the the disappointment is you watch that Port Adelaide game on the weekend, and what what benefit did any of those players get from that game? What development did they get from that game? Yeah, well, that's it. Because I, that's why I, I'm so iffy on. Francis being the one who plays on, you know, the big Charlie Dixon or I think he played on Segler the week before or something. I, I just, I, like, I don't think he can actually develop into anything. Like, it's not like he's Zerk Thatcher who's the same size as him or uh, you know, Reed or Josh Eyre, whoever, that actually, you know, in five, ten years' time or let's say five years' time, they're actually playing that position on those style of player. That's, mm. I, I don't think that's Francis best spot i don't know if i'm calling that early but i I just don't see him as a natural play on the big boy no i Uh, see francis as a similar type of player to jordan ridley yeah right and Uh, and what i would like is eventually let's say zach reed becomes the big fullback defender he's quite big quite tall and if he ever puts on size um i see him as being the the key defender and then francis and ridley both being having two Ridleys essentially, that's that's with with Francis being a bit more powerful and a bit quicker, and Ridley being a bit smoother, right? Mm. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't think I don't know if he really one ups his experience playing on someone who his just style is not suited to. Uh, mm. I think Ridley can play on someone and taking steps that way, but I don't think Francis can play. I don't, I don't see that. Maybe I'm, you know, too early in. Um, I, I mean, this is this is a jump ahead to to another segment. But Francis was actually my one like from the weekend. I thought he did a for someone who was outsized, out strengthed, out everything. He actually did an admirable job on Dixon. Dixon kicked four or five. I think he only kicked four. Yeah. Well, I think three, three, one. I believe. Um, three, that's one. The, that's the thing. Like this guy, you know, can play his absolute best. Kick four two, by the way. I oh, kicked four two. Okay, thanks for that. Um, yeah. So he, he he can play his absolute. 
best. And, and I've no doubt he, he would try and everything to stop Charlie Dixon. And, and, and to be fair, when you haven't got defence up the ground against a very good side, uh, you no chances. Are, you could be anyone. You could be Stephen Silvani, Dustin Fletcher. You're not stopping them. Yeah. Um, or you're going to have a really hard time doing it. Uh, but yeah. I, I don't – like he you know, had to do all that and still got smashed. Yeah. Um, through you know again, no fault of his own through up the ground, but also just out muscled, out sized, out everything that we spoke about. So I don't know if he actually develops. Or no, just, I don't think he does. Yeah. Um. I, it would have been nice to say Draper got something out of it, but uh, he's got a, a medial ankle sprain now. Um. I, so he's got I, a syndesmosis injury. So um. So Shield's got a meniscus, so he'll miss eight weeks, six to eight. Let's say eight. Um, Jai Caldwell is going to miss six to eight with a hamstring, and then Draper's going to miss ten to twelve with a syndesmosis. So that yeah. is all of their see. Shield doesn't need development, right? So, um, you know that's that's not the big issue for him. But Caldwell and Draper, that's their season's done. Like what they're going to miss half the year, um, mm. and that's assuming they come back in that time frame. So that's. 12 games that they don't get of development. Yeah. And I like that was what I was going to say. You know, Caldwell gets the benefit of playing on an Ollie Wines who's probably a similar body to, well, you'd hope to be building into that sort of body type. I don't know if you get as thick as Ollie Wines, but mm. that certainly would have been helpful for him. Um, your standards, you know, um, was it, did Aaliyah Aaliyah go to uh, Harrison Giants? Aaliyah Aaliyah did whatever he wanted. Yeah. Yeah, I do not know how they got him that easy, but that's an, that's another day. Um, yeah, look, I, I hope uh, you know Harrison Jones gets something out of play on a on a reasonable defender. Um, same with Coxie and and uh, I think Ned Carl got got shown a little bit. Uh, hey, this is the big boys. Um, Ned Carl is a bit interesting, right? Because when he got drafted last year, the year before, whenever we talk about the draft, last year was his first season. He was touted as the best small forward in the draft. Why are we playing him as a small defender? Well, we yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, we did lose a lot of... Um, I, I don't think we're out of options up, up forward in terms of smalls. If Tipper, Irving will eventually get back. Um, you know, you can play a resting mid there. Uh, but in terms of dash off halfback, that was obviously something we lost a lot of last year. So mm. uh, I see both sides. I don't, like if he's that good as a small forward, um, yeah, let him play there. But if you know you, we do have some some other reasonable small forwards on the list who can come up, why not try and add that string to his bow or or let him you know grow into that role and, and see how he goes. So. Mm. I see, but I see both sides. It's been shown up a little bit in the last couple of weeks, but as expected, yeah. But you know, if we're using it as a development year, maybe to help with forward craft, great. If he turns into a, a really great um, Caleb Daniel user of the football dashing defender, great. Um, he's not there yet, but I don't see any reason to not play him. Our season is absolutely cooked, so who cares if if his opponent kicks seven goals on him? Someone's going to kick him. Yeah, we, um, <laughs> you're right. Um, but we're talking about in terms of development. I think you do get a fair bit out of getting 
a whack by an opponent who plays the same position as you, or in the case of Ned Carl, is going to be someone who you play on uh, and getting a fair whack out of them uh, does actually show, hey, I've got a lot of work to do. Mm. Um, and this is actually how good you've got to be. So yeah. um, I, I think we, we do get stuff out of it in that regard. Um, but at the same time, you know, uh, getting whacked doesn't always necessarily help you learn how to win either. Mm. Yeah, so, I agree. And, that, it, and that's a big concern. That's what is still a problem at Gold Coast. They've been getting pumped for years and years and years and they don't, they don't know how to win. And Essendon now has been getting pumped, has a losing culture for years and years and years. And I don't feel like anyone on that list knows how to win. Yeah, I think that would be fair. That'd be fair. Um, we haven't had a winner for a long time, have we? In terms of mm. someone who's actually played finals and won, yeah. Um, I think, yeah, like that's. I think that's what's probably annoyed the most about as, as some fans. You know, when Wusher or Truck comes out to the press conference and says, "You know, it's a learning. We'll take stuff out of that. We'll, we'll learn." Yeah, you'll learn how good the other guy is, but you don't learn how to actually beat the other guy. You know. Mm. Um, you know, you learn you've got the space between you and him, but do you necessarily learn how to make up that space? Mm. I don't know. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I don't. I, I look at the you know some of the fiercest competitors, not not just to play this game, but but any sport, and I don't know of anyone who got smashed in their younger years and then turned around and said, "Oh, it's okay, I'm learning." No, they were, yep. they were filthy with their loss. And I, look, I'm sure behind closed doors that's the case for the players. But if, if we as a club are putting out to the wider world that, hey, oh, it's, all right, it's a learning, um, I, uh, mm. it, it's hard to look. Because it's, 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 I mean, we, you know, we're saying, look, we're sure behind closed doors they're disappointed. But if at the end of the day they're turning around and saying to the wider world, hey, uh, it's learning, is, is that putting it out into the world is that a reflection of the actual inner sanctum? And then, although they might be saying other things, is that actually what's below the surface and between the lines? Is that, you know, oh, it's all right, you're learning, even though we're really disappointed, mm. but oh, so you're learning. Um, and yeah, they are learning, but are they actually learning how to win and, and be better and, and actually make up the gap between them and, and whoever, you know, Port or when we play Richmond or anything like that? Well, that, that's my concern, right, is that we haven't seen any evidence of improvement consistently for a number of years. And certainly, we we haven't seen an improvement from the end of last year with a pre-season in the middle and two games this year. We've seen mm. one quarter of good football um, and, you know, three or maybe four quarters against Geelong of decent football, yet we still lost the game. And whatever, it's pre-season, but we still lost. And then... Um, a quarter of good football against Hawthorne. Yeah. Followed by potentially the worst quarter of football, including the four on the weekend that we've played. Yeah. And I think we'll probably, uh, as disappointed as we are, and, and as much as hypocritical as this makes me sound, it's probably always going to happen that we were getting smacked. It, you know, it was always going to happen we would get smacked uh, in terms of, you know, we talk about how much youth there was in round one and, and how much energy would have gone into that that you could almost imagine they'd have a hangover playing an actual opponent in round two. But, yeah, it's, all, it's just the fashion. It's it's a, a, We've said it time and time again. It's the fashion in which 
we get belted or, you know, it doesn't seem to be like, oh, I can see what we were trying to do. It's just we've actually just been whacked. <laughs> we were actually just witches' hats. We were legitimately witches' hats. And then the injuries derail, have derailed our season. There's just mm. there's, there, Our season is cooked now because not only do we – will we not – probably not win a game. Um, we will not get games into – Sam Draper is legitimately our most important player – in terms of taking the football club forward. There's, yeah. He is having a really good, strong, competitive ruckman where, and, and the potential that he has to lose half a season of games in him sets the whole club back half a season. Absolutely does. Yeah, and as well, especially considering he's missed so much as well. Uh, mm-hmm. But I do think Nick, Nick Bryan is underdeveloped. Like, he's not there yet, but... Mm. Uh, he could be a Tim English style that we see. Um, so, look, if, if one door closes on Draper and he's going to miss the next 10 games, it could be a big 10 games for, for Brian to get under his belt. Um, mm. I mean, you think about how poor Tim English was in his first season or two. Um, you know, if we can rush that process uh, even quicker, uh, does help us, uh, probably, probably helps us uh, soften the blow a little bit of losing Draper. And you never know; it could be a two-two ruck combo that you know, sort of, the dogs have going or something like that. Could be, could be a two ruck combo and no Peter Wright, which would be that <laughs> is the silverest of linings that are possible if that was to happen for next season. Yeah, he didn't have a great day, Peter, did he? I don't. I've never seen him have a good day. <laughs> that that's he had one set shot right early in the game, about fifteen meters out on a ten degree angle, and he he missed it. Yeah. And if he kicks that, then we're almost back in the game. I think we had three on the board to their five at that point if he kicks it. But just just didn't sink it. And that's that's not a, oh, yeah. It's not like he was kicking it from outside 50. Like, that's a, you're a, a footballer, you and this is your job. You're playing key forward. Kick that goal. Yeah. I, I think that, like, it's stuff like that that really worries you. Because um, mm-hmm. that sort of shows... You know, and this guy's a key for like this is what he does for a living, as you said. This is his bread and butter, his set shots that mm-hmm. um, yeah, you can you can forgive the odd miss here and there, but when it's probably been consistent that he's I mean it's only two games, pretty small sample size, but um I, I suppose even uh, Harry Jones was his first game, yeah. Look. Um but that's that's the sort of stuff that worries you that they haven't taken the time to go back and perfect a craft that you literally can do anywhere in any footy field. You know, you don't need on your match, own. You, you can't. You don't need match simulation. Uh, and I think it just shows. Uh, yeah, look, there's a lot of there is a lot of work to do. But you know, if you're a serious professional, even if you're draft hopeful, key forward, you get that sort of stuff right. Mm. I, I would have thought. Um, mm. So have you have you got a like from the weekend? Well, it's uh, we only do we play them twice. Uh probably. Yeah. Well, I mean, one, it's one more drubbing uh, down. We've just got past <laughs> one. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, inevitable drubbing. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> is that is that is that a like? That's a like. That's a like. I'll I'll give you I'll give you another like on top of Francis. It's one game closer to the end of Tom Cutler and Peter Wright's careers. 
Yeah. yeah. That's, that's my like. Fair enough. Uh, and um, then obviously, I, I thought, honestly, given, given the smashing that our midfield got, I was pretty pleased with Aaron Francis. Dixon, with that sort of service, should have kicked about 12 goals. And and Francis did not leave him alone for a second. Every time a pack form, Francis was flying in. I I was actually really happy with Francis. I thought he played as good a game as he could have, given the circumstances. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah it begs a question, though, like... Just, I mean, yeah, it's hard to say without a, a proper midfield. Um, I'm just looking at their inside 50s now. Uh, bear with me here. I think it was 59. Where are you? We don't play Port again. Okay. Well, that's a like. It's over. Uh, mm. Oh, here we go. Inside 50, 62 to 39. Uh, yep, smashed. How many, every how many... stat, every stat we got smashed in, by the way. 29 scoring shots. So, yeah, probably, probably got lucky in that regard. Uh, they only kicked four. But, uh, I don't I think thought... it was luck. I think, I think it was a Francis performance, personally. Yeah. Uh, who was playing Georgiades? Ridley. I think it was Ridley, but who knows? Maybe Laverty. Yeah. Laverty we... is looking okay. Okay. You're happy with that? He's looking okay, but I don't know that he's better in defence than he is in, in the forward line. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to say. Look at that. Ollie Wines and Boak, uh, both 17 contested possessions each. Yeah. So just a drubbing there. Uh, we couldn't even lead the tackles. So led by Zach Butters. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a drubbing, that's for sure. Yeah. It was It was woeful. It was woeful. Um, not much to like. Not much to like. Can, Nick. I, can I give you some dislikes? Oh, I thought we we've spoken about forty minutes of it, but is there more? Is it? This is the ultimate dislike. So, okay. I was watching the game, and I saw that number twelve run onto the <laughs> field. And do you know why this is a double? I don't. I never want Cutler to be the sub again, ever. Do you know why? Because not only does he come on and you go, fuck, Tom Cutler's on. And then you think, shit, that means someone's injured. <laughs> so it's a double dislike. Oh, and then boy. who was it? It was my love child. It's Triple dislike. Up. Can't win. So when it rains, yeah. it pours, doesn't it? When it rains, it absolutely pours. And to be fair, I mean, we, he's the whipping boy or one of them of the, of the podcast. But... He was no worse than anyone else, you know. Like, really? Let, let's be honest. He, it wasn't. He was probably better than than some, you know. Yeah, right. Yes, yeah. it's huge for you to admit that as well. Yeah, like it was just it was just a double dislike, double, 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 and everything else, you know. The summing that up, it was just. It was just a horror show for the Bombers. Just a really poor performance that just shows us where we're at as a club. And I, I cannot, I, I honestly cannot see us winning a game this year. Every single club that was below us last year has gone past us. Adelaide, past us by a long way. Sydney, past us by a long way. Fremantle, past us by a long way. Gold Coast, past us by a long way. 
The only one that's not past us, maybe on par, is North Melbourne. Every other club has gone past us that finished below us. If we we are getting pick one or pick two this year, for sure. There's no ifs, buts, or maybes about it. We are absolutely finishing in the bottom two. We do have a pick, right? We didn't. It's not traded in a shield or anything. We like didn't that. trade it. No. Okay. Cool. We didn't trade. Cool. 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 Yeah. I. I mean, I think back to all those teams, and they certainly had their one year where they were just a rabble, or even two. You know, Adelaide have had a couple, Sydney have had a couple, Freo have had a couple. Uh, oh, you mean North. last year when we were a rabble? In terms of uh, we were a rabble, but didn't quite have as much youth as what we do now. And the year before when we were a rabble? Again, we were a different site, so with a different coach as well. So, it, you know, like what I'm saying is, is this our rubble year with the new, like, you know, the, the change happens somewhere and, and you, you, you're you horrible for a while, especially with so so much youth. Is This could just be it. It probably like, is. It could be, but, but history is against us, as we were talking about earlier. Well, Other right, clubs have right. gone through multiple cycles and we have not. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it, you're the you're pretty famous for saying that uh, we deserve the flag in 2013. <laughs> but again, it does show that the 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 incongruence with higher up in the chain that there, there probably is something going on more deep rooted in the club than the actual football department. Um, yeah, and look, that's a very big call to say that we would have won the flag. I I think we certainly would have won a final and. I think we would have gone deep into the finals, right? But we don't. We wouldn't necessarily have, have won the flag, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I like that's what I mean. That's what gives us so little confidence that hey, it's just a year of development, and we've just got to stick tough. That you know, it's, it's maybe not that. Well, it's not that simple, but um, well, it's, it's yeah, it's not going to be that simple for it. Like there's there, there's a deep rooted culture of. Uh, or not re- winning or not having success. Like we don't actually. It's not as simple as us just getting games. There is other, or potentially other stuff behind the scenes that that uh, are sort of what's the word I'm looking for? Putting a putting a road jam on, on us lingering. for the future. Yeah, lingering, blocking yeah, that, blocking the Suez Canal to success. That's the one. That's the one. Mm. So yeah, uh, yeah. So, It'll be Matty, why don't, we, uh, why don't we take a bit of a break and get out of this doldrum of depression about the Port Adelaide game? And when we come back, let's have a quick look forward to St Kilda on the weekend. St Jimmy's coming down across the alleyway Up on the boulevard like a zip gun on parade Lights on the silhouette He's just a butternet Coming at you on the count of one All right, so before the break... In that very long first segment, we were trying to get out of the doldrums of depression after watching that rabble called Essendon on the weekend. Let's look forward, Matty. Let's have a look at the game on the weekend, playing St Kilda. How's it going to go? Well, it's going to be ugly. It's going to be ugly again, unfortunately. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to look back again, but I, as I was surprised... It, like I was sort of going into the game, knew we were going to get smashed. So I wasn't getting too angry that we were actually getting how, or going how I thought we would go. But it, I reckon you should probably tell the fans how 
you'll likely react when, although this fact that we're foreshadowing that it'll be another drubbing and we'll get taken care of, why is it you still get so angry watching us getting drubbed when you know that's what's going to happen? It's it's the manner of the loss. It's it's that nothing has changed in the way yeah, we've said that, that we. Yeah. That the way that we play, it's not like we've we were in the game at all. It's not like we were hanging in. Mm. We absolutely just got pounded, and I don't know. It depends on who comes in, right? Like if we if we read out their list and who played against Melbourne, Jake Billings gonna smash us. Dougal Howard. Oh, they're a good we're start. just gonna we they're just gonna bomb it in. He's just gonna have a field day. Jack Steele, Jade Gresham. Hello, forty forty. Seb Ross, Brad Hill, Tim Membry. I mean, we've probably got a good matchup for Membry, finally. Like, Ridley or Francis is probably a really good... Or even um, Laverde is probably a really good matchup for for Tim Membry. So I'm not worried about him. Um, it doesn't matter because I'll just kick it what, to whoever else. It's to someone else, right? <laughs> well, their um, midfield will kick. Everyone in the midfield will kick three each. Max King. Who are we going to play on Max King? I Maybe, maybe we'll bring in Zach Reed to play on him because... Max King's played one year and, and Zach Reed's a new player. He's he's got the, the size to play on him. Yeah. Zach Jones is gonna have a field day like Reed's Reed's almost he hasn't I mean, like he hasn't played for pretty much two years, like eighteen months. Yeah. So yeah, although he's a year behind development, it's really two. Even yeah. three given that when you're one up on an AFL preseason and he doesn't one up on a Nabba, Nabba yeah. League or something like that. So it's almost three. So yeah. um, there's one name I want to read out to you. S. McKernan. Ah, interesting. Yeah. He is due for his season-defining five, six, seven goal performance. Absolutely, it's going to come against us. And you know what? Good on him. He got. We are crying out for a proper key forward, and we decided to get rid of him. He walked away. No, we didn't offer him a contract. I could have sworn he retired in the rooms. He retired because of the culture, because he just didn't want to be at SD. Yeah. yeah, okay, yeah. But well, I, I, they weren't going to offer him a contract anyway. To be fair, he was... You, and I know we didn't have this last year, but you... and, and I, We even said it on the first podcast that Peter Wright would be an upgrade over Sean, Sean McKernan. But last year, you week in, week out, if if Tom Cutler's your whipping boy now, last year, Sean McKernan was your... What's one up on a whipping boy? On a... <laughs> I don't know, an axe, an axe man. <laughs> no. Doesn't make any sense. But you Sean, gave it to him every week, every single Sean week. Sean McKernan had a bad year last year, and, and it looked like the game had gone past him, absolutely. But the one thing I've always liked about Sean McKernan is he's 100% effort. 100% of the time. Yeah, yeah. Right? And and at his best, he could kick a goal from 50 on the boundary, right? Um, and at his worst, he couldn't get a kick. But I, what I always respected about McKernan, and which we don't see in all the players at the club, and I think if everyone had the heart of Sean... If Tom Cutler had the heart of Sean McKernan, he would be a Brownlow medalist. Like, and, and I'm not even engaging in hyperbole right here. That... Sean McKernan, just he is the epitome of never gives in, right? He just doesn't have the height or all the attributes to have been a top line A grade player, 
he certainly had the effort to be a top line A grade player. If yeah. 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 Look, McCurt. Yeah. Probably one of those guys that gets in the league based on on body size more than a bit. Like I don't think his IQ was terribly high, but yeah, it's funny what a you know going to a good side does. Um, and how how did he go last week? I, I'm just looking. I think he's just done his job. His fantasy points were 37. He had seven disposals and kicked a goal. Like, what do you want from your third tall backup ruckman? Yeah, well, that's where we run into strife, isn't it? Um, mm. Are they playing two rucks? Yeah. Um, uh, is Josh Battle their ruck? No, 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 no. Uh, so the oh, okay, so they're playing Paul Hunter and Sean McKernan. Because um, because Ryder's injured. Yeah, uh, Ryder's on leave. I think Marshall was. Oh, that's right. Injured. Um, yeah. But why well, do I have the feeling he's not far from returning? Although. Because um, they're playing us. Yeah. Right. Um, I should. Yeah, I'm not too familiar with St Kilda's injured list, but nonetheless, um, even Paul Hunter will probably have a field day. Um, well, I think they'll beat us, right? Because they they have a they have a game plan, um, and they will play towards that game plan, um, and they'll look at the way that we play, and unlike our coaching panel, they will not let us play the way we would like to play. If they can identify a game plan from us, they'll do the opposite and then they'll enforce their game plan on the game. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just well, surprising to see Melbourne got up, got up against them. And, and but like, obviously only won by 18, but had, uh, what's, what's 12, 19, 31 scoring shots to 18. So actually got them quite consistently. Um, mm. Or sorry, quite convincingly. Convincingly. Um. But I think you know we're talking about culture change, and think about where St Kilda were for three, four years ago, even maybe mm. five. Uh, they they're a completely different look of a club. So I think it is things can change for a club, like pretty pretty quickly. Um, just not for our club. Yeah, just not for our... I guess that's the downside to having so much history and so much this is that there's so many people that have been there for so long, like like you said, but... Um, yeah. But, but I agree. No, I see your point. I mean, I'm being a bit silly, but I see your point that, you know, they introduced Ratton. When did Ratton start coaching? Was it last year or the year before? Uh, I, th- no, I think he came in... When uh, who they give the sack to? Um, not Ken Hinckley, buddy. Hell, I'm going Alan Richardson. That's right. And then Ratton came in in the midway through, as in he was his assistant and took over, and then he, he and kept then he it. Became but... the caretaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. but it is possible, and and we're not saying. And look, to be honest, I watched Ben Rutten's press conference on after the Port Adelaide game, and he was. You could tell he was seething, like he wasn't happy. Okay, well, about um, time. Yeah, you know, he. They asked him, you know, the standard stupid journalist questions, and he said, "We just were not good enough at all in any facet of the game." Yeah, know, that they just smashed us and on the inside and blah blah blah, and you could tell that he was just 
that's not how he wanted the Bombers to play. And the art of coaching, obviously, is get you, is to get your team to play the way you want them to play. Um, so, look, he it could be happening. It, the culture change might be happening, but geez, it's it's pretty it's pretty painful to watch. Like as we were saying in the last episode, if we saw signs and we we saw a quarter against Hawthorne, right, of of good play, of some excitement, then you know I'm happy with that. But we just it was just, like I said in the group last week was just the same game that I've seen for the last 15 years. Whenever we go into state, bar for the few memorable ones when we've managed to just snag a win. But I just don't see, with the outs that we have, like who do we bring in? Maybe Guelphie, if he's ready. They've said Stringer's not ready, so he's not coming in. Um, we'll probably bring in Nick Bryan to ruck, um, or at least second ruck, with Peter Wright doing the first ruck duties. Um, who do who else can we bring in? If Wright's rucking, then we maybe we bring in Waterman to be another forward option if Stringer's not ready. So we haven't got much ready to come in. Yeah, I, I think Stringer played out the game in the VFL, um, so he might be okay. a chance. Um, I'd love to see how that forward line would operate with if they're going to stick with hooker forward, um, hooker, Jones and, and Stringer. I think that mm. would work much better than hooker, Jones and Wright. Yeah, um, Peter Wright can get in the bin. <laughs> um, but yeah, we, we don't have a lot of options uh, in terms of not like I, I did read the how the eleven VFL plays went this week, and there's no one that apart from Stringer and Zaharakis, there's no one really on there that's stood out as absolutely ready. Um, Do you think Zaharakis would would make a difference to this team? Only due to experience. So I, I think other other players, especially with Heppel out, um, and I can't imagine Gleason being the guy that it, it, look he had experience, but I don't think he was. Um, the guy that you know people look to to say, okay, hey, he can sort us out. Whereas I think Zaharakis maybe has more of that presence about him, uh, and doesn't leave you know merit such a low to merit to shoulder or hooker to shoulder or um, you know even McGrath who in and of himself isn't all that experienced either. Um, so I, I think he has a presence in, in another way than just the footy side of things. Mm. Um, but having said that, he he would pop up. Uh, it's funny, as soon as he said he was done, he'd go and do something and, and show you he wasn't done, you know, kick three or four goals in, in an odd match or have 10 tackles yeah. or something. Yeah. I mean, he's been a nice servant of the, the football club. Yeah. But yeah. I, I don't get that impression from. I, I get around the club and off field, he could be quite a, a leader in terms of bringing the boys together, making them feel welcome, et cetera, et cetera. But he's never struck me as the kind of player that's, okay. We're down in this game. I mean, he is Mr. Clutch. He's he's won a couple of games. I was about to with, say with the final kick, right? Zaharakis. But, but I don't know if you remember when Hurdy was playing and things were going against you. He would just insert him wherever. The oh, game yeah, was not he's right. not that good. No. Yeah. <laughs> but but and we and I'm not saying you need Hurd as that leader. Heppel does it to an extent. When when something's going against you, he asserts himself in that area of the game. Or he has in the past. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't feel like Zaharakis is that kind of player. No, no, he's not that kind of player. And that's not what I was referring to. I was uh, more meaning that, um, you know, uh, if he's playing up forward, perhaps, you know, Harrison Jones feels a little bit more uh, came in the right spot when 
Zaharakis is mm. telling you where to be. Or maybe Nick Cox uh, sets, uh, sets himself up a little bit better off the ball when Zaharakis is sitting behind it going, no, Nick, you need to be over mm-hmm. there. Or he's at a contest in front of Nick looking behind, trying to set up saying, Nick, you need to be over there. Or um, obviously Jai Caldwell's out. Uh, you know, the list goes on. You know, perhaps he helps Nettie Carl out in terms of you need to be on this side of your opponent if the ball's coming in this way. Or um, It's possible, definitely. Know, I, I see him being more that guy that understands, you know, played enough footy now that understands where everyone needs to be. Um, and if we're, you know, having such an issue in terms of actually how we want to play, and like I'm sure what it seems to be is, especially with the way his press conference was, there's a way in which Rutten wants us to play and there's a way we're actually playing and there's a fair disparity. Having a player like that can really help uh, soften that disparity or lessen that disparity. So I think that's where his uh, uh, expertise, if I put it that way, comes in. Not so much that he's going to have 30 for us and kick four. Uh, it's mm. it's more that he just helps everyone else be a little bit better, just given his experience. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah and I think that's certainly possible um, if he does come in. So, but looking at their lineup, even just who played last week, I I can't see us. I think their midfield's too strong for us yet again. Yeah, whole team also is. with Shield and, and Caldwell out. Um, their forward line's not necessarily a big worry but I think uh, equally our forward line is is impotent um, so I think their defense is certain out, certainly outclasses our forward line so um, I, I just think again their midfield will be too strong for us and they'll get the goals because way of weight of numbers you get it in there enough yeah and you control the inside footy you, you, you win their game so yeah um, so yeah, I, I I tend to agree. They'll be they'll be way too strong for us. Um, mm. But the, especially it, coming off a loss against a team that they're going to be around the same mark, pushing for finals. I think they'll they'll have penciled this in, going, "Yep, this, this is, is one we need to get." Some, yeah, this is some percentage for us. Yeah, especially yeah, they they're one and one would want to go one and two. Uh, to, sorry, two and one. Mm. Um, yeah, I can't. Yeah, and they'd be pretty bitter over that loss. So, yeah, I can't, I can't see. And the only advantage for us is, is it's at Eddie Had, um, which actually might not be an advantage because if it was raining, uh, we might have had a chance. <laughs> mm. uh, but no, I don't think uh, we get beaten up around the ball. I don't think we would have. Had yeah, even, I think it would have made it worse for us. So I think you're right. It being at Marvel helps us. Yeah, but even they, they, you know, they they can play the the outside ball and kick it around and move it pretty quickly. So I think either way we get we get hurt. Um, yeah, their forward line's not crazy, but um, they'll just get goals from somewhere. Yeah. Goals from I somewhere. think Max King potentially gets yeah. off the leash because he's just too tall for anyone that we have. Um, but the others, I think, were relatively well matched for the others. I think Hind goes to a Butler or a Higgins. Um, maybe Carl goes on the other one. So that's that's a potential decent matchup. Um, like I said, Membry, I think Laverde can match, or Ridley, or Francis can match. It's King's the big worry. Um, yeah, yeah. I think Francis or Ridley can take McKernan as well. Uh, yeah, I think Francis will go to McKernan. Uh, maybe Laverde to Membry and Ridley to King. Could even be a chance. Brandon Zerk Thatcher actually went all right in the VFL, so could be a maybe chance. He comes in. Could be a chance. Um, 
I'd be happier with that matchup than anyone that's currently in the team. Yeah. Zircon. Yeah, and uh, was it was a Josh Eyre who went okay up forward too, or Zach Reed. Oh, did he? Yeah, I can't o- find the article where they talk about the VFL. Yeah, one of the two went well up forward. I feel like it's Josh Eyre. Um, I was actually actually speaking of it was it was good to see that photo of uh, Sir James watching on, watching his son, watching young Tom there. Um, yeah, and obviously, uh, uh, so and uh, I'd be, I don't think he played a full game, but Mac Welfie, um, he he's a guy you want, especially in times like this where he was like never rated that highly as a junior. Like he's you know mm. certainly came in as a had to scrap and fight for his for his game, and every game he does play, I don't think you can ever question his effort. Um, mm. I think it's times game like situations like this where you really appreciate. Guys like that, and he certainly holds his own. Um, so I look forward to getting him back in the side. I think he'll play because if you read the review, Matt Guelphie had a fantastic game. He played an AFL style game in the VFL, strong in the cost- contest in the air, intercepted well, and set us up with his running carry off half back. It was re- a really good game back from injury, and he looks strong and fit. He played a full game with his usual oh, rotations. There you go. So okay. he, he's definitely he's straight he, in. He plays, yeah. Maybe Perkins comes in. So, yeah, um, sorry, that's in my mind. I'd, I'd, uh, Now's the time. Now's the time to blood him, for sure. Yeah. Now's the time. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Perkins, Guelphie, I would have thought. Um, maybe Stringer. Oh, you'd have to bring in Brian as well. Uh, I'm well, getting... we lost three from injury, so. Yeah. And then well, you could drop anyone, really, who deserves to keep this spot. Not not too many. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So let's say. Uh, Guelphy for Caldwell, uh, Perkins for Shield, Brian for um, Draper. Yeah. And then... Stringer, um, you'd think, would get in there somehow, somewhere. Stringer for... <laughs> Your man, Peter. Peter Wright. Your man. Yeah, Peter Wright's going to play because we, we need the second ruck, right? So, Stringer for whoever. Who cares? Like, really? Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to. Th- yeah, that's <laughs> that's the thing when everyone goes pair. There's no one apparent who's who's got to go. But mm. um, oh, Harry Jones played a bit of ruck, so he might even pinch it. Yeah, but I I think that would be that would be a very poor decision for um for us to chuck him into the ruck. Yeah, fair call. Yeah, let him let him develop. Yeah, yeah. Given that we want to develop him as a forward, so our forward line was Bradenham, Peter Wright. Tipper, Will Snelling, Harrison Jones, Dylan Shield. So, you know, Snelling probably doesn't get dropped. He he had an okay game. You know, I wouldn't mind dropping Devin Smith. He hasn't done much. Braden Ham might get the chop, but he's developing. Um, Smith is probably one who I'm I'm assuming he wouldn't have got as much midfield time with given the way a team. And we did speak up. We had a fair bit of midfield depth. Um. Now we've lost a little bit of that in Call, Caldwell and Shield. Uh, could be time for, for Smith to sort of step up a bit. Could be. It'll be interesting to see what they do with him. And if we know anything about Rutten, we know he likes to decimate the forward line to fill other parts of the ground. <laughs> uh, except, uh, except when we need a tall back and it'll just keep Chuka up forward. Who, yeah, but was that? Yeah, well, statistically our best forward on the weekend. Yeah, 
So yeah, absolutely, oh well. he was. Well, yeah. that's that's been a very depressing hour or so. It's actually it's doing gloom all day, hasn't it? It has been. It has been. <laughs> you haven't even cracked a, a jag gag for me to slide into. No, nothing, <laughs> nothing, nothing funny about that performance. Yeah, um, yeah. But let's see, let's see. We'll we'll keep going and keep watching because we are tragics and we we like to feel sad. We do. Well, that's the only way we keep going. But uh, now, look, as I said before, if you can't stick, I mean, we've been sticking through these times for fifteen years or so. Yeah. Uh, hey, what's another year? I'm sure it'll exactly. be sweeter when we do win that first final. When we're old men in the nursing home. <laughs> Grandfathers. This will be called the grandfather. Yeah, it should be the grandfather. So yeah. I guess we'll uh, we'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Yeah, yeah. That's the uh, same S-H-I-T, same different smell. Yes. Well, I've never understood that because it's really the same shit and the same smell. It just stinks. Depends what you've week. been eating. When you've been consuming Essendon football for the weekend, it's the same thing that comes out. It's just it garbage. Is. Crap. It is. It is garbage. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. It'd be funny if uh, anyone out there actually goes back and listens to our first episode and how optimistic we were and then just how, <laughs> how doom and gloomy it gets just by round two. Even, well, even after Straight round away. one. Straight away. Yeah. Straight away, doom and gloom. Oh, well. That's it, uh, I, I reckon. Irrelevant. Irrelevant. That's the word of that. Yeah. Well, I guess until uh, next time, go Dons. <laughs> go Dons.